It is great to have you on the Family Goals podcast with David Pollock and Pastor Jay. I'm Joel and House, and on this podcast, we want to encourage you to grow closer to God, to strengthen your marriage, and to inspire your family to reach its highest potential. I would like to highlight a ministry that I have loved for years, Compassion International. Compassion is an incredible organization that is all about releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. They currently serve over 2 million children and their families in some of the most poverty-stricken areas of the world. And here is my favorite part. All of this is happening in the local church. Compassion is all about equipping the local church so every single child is cared for by the leaders in their community. As a pastor, I found Compassion to be a strategic part of our global mission strategy. As a church, we've incorporated Compassion into our focus on Honduras. Compassion made it easy for everyone in our church to put their faith in action by caring for a child in need. I would encourage anyone listening to learn more about Compassion, sponsor a child, and release them from poverty in Jesus' name. Visit Compassion.com slash Family Goals to sponsor a child today. On this episode, we have a very cool story of how God is working through the life of one of our listeners. Here's the story. So this is Garrett Kalu. It's a sick name. Incredible. It's a good touchdown story. name. Story, yeah. Garrett Kalu. And but, Garrett Kalu, if, if you guys haven't heard, he's not a celebrity. No. He may be our first non-celebrity guest on the show. Define celebrity. I mean, that's, he's that's he's a, been in front of a, hundreds of people, and he's kind of a big deal in the church kind, in kind Greystone of, Church. I'm just a, saying, kind of celebrity around Greystone I mean, he's Church. Kind of a celebrity. I, I can't tell you how many people yesterday asked me about Garrett. Really? At least oh, yeah. 20 or 30 people asked me about Garrett. So we talked about Garrett last night in small group. So, I mean, are you, are you a big deal? <laughs> yeah. If we're talking, if you're, if people are talking about you, you're, I don't know, it's kind of a celebrity. It, this might be his first stop for many podcast interviews. Yeah, baby. Could be. <laughs> or the last. <laughs> Depending on how it goes. <laughs> so we, we've got to tell the story and it's, it's pretty amazing, but we, Garrett sent Joe and my son, who is one of the, what's your title on this? He's, he's in the family goals team. Just put him in. He's on the team. He's on the team. <laughs> he's on the team. Sometimes we give him a mic. Sometimes we don't. Most of the times we don't. <laughs> he does the intros and outros. And, yeah. And, um, don't trip trash man. Trash boy. <laughs> that was a great story. Yeah, we'll t- we're telling that today. Trust <laughs> yeah, me. We'll get to that. We got to tell the trash boy story. All right. Email to Jolin. So, yeah, well, starting off, like Garrett was thinking Jolin would be the one to email instead of me or you. A hundred percent good, smart thinking by Garrett. Well, I learned that was a bad decision. He said he doesn't yeah, check. Jolin doesn't check his email. Wojak <laughs> would have been the best one. Um, but yeah, Jolin did check it that day. So long story short, Garrett sends Jolin this email and talking about how he started listening to the Family Goals podcast, big David Pollock fan, completely changed his life and Incredible, incredible story. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't know where we're going with this. I want to hear Garrett. I want, I, I want, yes, how did you, yeah. fi- how did you find the Family Goals podcast? Um. So Instagram, I, I since deleted it, but uh, I was on Instagram and I didn't follow a whole lot of people. You were one of the people I followed, and and I would see those posts about Family Goals, like the quick snapshots, um, and kind of just thought, you know, shout like, out to Holly, by the way. <laughs> Holly makes those clips and she does an amazing job. Here, I, well, later on, learned you're like you don't really do social media and all that. So, um, but I came across it, and I've seen it probably a couple times at that point. And uh, I guess just where I was at in life at that time, and it, it was just a moment where I was like, I need to listen to this. Um, you know, I, I drive around for work a lot, so I have an opportunity to kind of, you know, um, 
learn a little bit more instead of just listening to music, which is what I was doing originally is, you know, just kind of just getting bored of music I was listening to. And I was like, I need a, something to fill my head. And uh, I gave it a shot. And that was, you know, I put in that letter, like the God Center family was the first series that I listened to. And uh, just instantly it spoke to me, you know, it was, it was kind of one of those times in, in, in my life where, you know, things were, were kind of in, you know, in a messy place as far as, um, you know, a lot of the things that our family was going through personally. And, uh, cause my wife had been laid off from work. Um, you know, we bought a new house or added up a lot of trouble with it. And, you know, just a lot of, we just got caught up in the motions. Like you guys talk about life, of life, man. Yeah. And it, it hit. And it was one of those things that, and I told pastor Jay at, at uh, lunch yesterday, I was like, you know, my son's a challenging kid. And I, I think I clicked on that originally because I was like, you know, I just want to be a good father. I, I knew from a very young age that was the most important thing to me. My parents were always around. Um, I had a great upbringing and I was like, I just want to be a good dad. And my son challenged me to the point where, you know, w- you know, we would question ourselves at night. Sometimes me and my wife were like, are we screwing this up or we, you know, I don't want to screw this kid up. And and uh, and I was telling Pastor Jay, I was like, if he was a just an easygoing kid, I think we would have went about life just as like the normal family gets caught up in the flow with no priorities and just work centered and kid centered and would have just, you know, drifted apart and not have been an ideal life for what we all, all wanted. And because my son was a little bit more challenging, um, I sought to ways, how can I improve myself? And that's how I came across the podcast. And then you guys, that first episode, like God first. And that resonated deep with me because I am a faithful person, you know, my upbringing. And um, so that idea, like never really stood out. Like, how do you put God first? And I didn't really understand that. And you guys like laid the roadmap for that. And then the second thing, which was, you know, kind of an eye opener too, was like, then your spouse is the most important. And I was like, you know what? Like we're not, we're not doing either of those two (laughs) things, man. Like we're, we're like, and every parent gets caught up in it. Like you want the best for your kids. So you think just doing everything you can for them is good for them. But I slowly realized, and and I could talk about it, um, where I think some of the things, you know, started to drift us apart, my wife and I, but I think that we prioritized the kids. And when our marriage was difficult, those negative energies we had because of where our relationship was at impacted the kids. So although we wanted in our heads for them to have the best environment because the marriage part wasn't prioritized that negative. So we were actually doing the hurt to the thing that we thought was the most important. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, we're prioritizing this thing thinking, all right, we'll do whatever we can to make this important, which isn't creating a great environment. And we're hurting that. Yeah. We're creating negative energy around the kids just from, you know, just our, our own, uh, relationship getting distant at that time. And, and, and that's through this whole experience. I learned that I, it was me. Um, and, <laughs> and it was, it was me and it was a self, I could talk to you about that. Um, but it was, you know, through that self-reflection, cause everybody wants to point fingers at who's, who's to blame, you know, when things aren't going your way and it's easy to escape when you can find something, but I don't think too many people are willing to own up and just say it. Yeah, it's me. You know, what can I do better? And I think one of those things was I used to, you know, be our, our family comes. I have an amazing upbringing. My family is really close knit mother and father. Awesome. My mom's got a real great faithful foundation and uh, my brother and sister couldn't be, you know, better people and more supportive. And we were all givers growing up. 
And that turned out to be one of the things that, you know, I naturally was a giver, but you know, in a household where that's all your guys are doing, you tend to, you tend to expect that in return. And as I got older and, and developed a relationship with my wife, you know, I'm, I'm giving and not getting how I'd want it in return, like how my mom or my sister, or my brother would do it. And yeah. so I'm, ex- I'm putting expectations on my wife that she unwill- unknowingly, you know, is getting. And then when I'm not getting a return, I'm, I'm kind of standoffish and, and, and kind of holding grudges when she doesn't even know what's going on. So I put these like unknowing expectations on her because my giving wasn't unconditional. I think that's the biggest thing that I was caught up in. And I think a lot of people probably suffer too, is you give and, and you give conditionally sometimes with strings attached. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, that's, that's where this whole story led to. And the, the, the revelation in my head about, you know, Jesus's story in the gospel and, and that serving rather than being served. And, you know, it was that idea of like, you have to give unconditionally if you're going to get anything in return. And I was not doing that. I wasn't doing that with my wife. I wasn't doing that with my kids. So the things that I valued most, I was hurting because of that internal wanting to fill your own needs and wants and desires. So I'm, you know, I'm ruining those things and realizing that, you know, that was what was failing. And I was pushing my wife away because of these things. And, you know, I realized that. And after that, God sent her family. I, I, I first, I was like, how do I put God in my life now? Because I'm a faithful person. And that was very strong growing up to me. My mother's like one of the people, like, I truly think God speaks to my mom. <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking. She's got direct some, line. She's some crazy. It's pretty cool when people have that. It's there are people that have that gift for she sure. She does. That, she has yeah. some unreal stories of, of intervention. And, um, so God was strong, but I didn't have that like relationship and and I didn't understand, like you talked about yesterday, you know, the friendship component of it, like having a relationship with God. Um, and, and I didn't understand what that actually looked like. I was a faithful man and a believer, but I didn't understand. I never read the gospel my whole life and going through the, you know, sacraments and everything. And, and I wasn't a great learner in the first place. So I don't think if you put me in class, I was listening anyway, but I never read the gospel. So when you say reading the gospel, you're talking about like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Correct. Yeah. Well, and you grew up Catholic, correct? I did. So you you grew up a little different too with with your faith, obviously, than what we're talking about, or what? Yeah. One thing, real quick, to go back, dude. How cool is that, Pastor Jay? That like you listen to something? Because here's the thing, we we can we can memorize the Bible forward, backward, inside out, but until we actually want to apply it to our life, nothing good's going to happen. Like, I, I mean, you realize that, right? Like, yeah. we can know it all we want, but the fact that you went, I, I'm doing this, me, like I need to change. The fact that you understand that you were putting, uh, un- by the way, you ain't alone, bro. <laughs> no. Like you ain't alone from people that I could raise my hand right now that think me first, yeah. I first think about the things that I want. And that's definitely what we're trying to write, what we're trying to rectify all yeah. of us. And we need Jesus to do that. Um, but the, but the unknowing expectations, I think that is huge for all of us. Like if you want a great marriage, we've got to communicate expectations, like we've got to talk about those things with each other. And if, if not, then, then how do they really know? And because you grew yeah. up the way you grew up and you, Pastor Jay, you grew up the way you grew up. I grew up the way I grew up. Lindsay didn't grow up that way. Exactly. You know, your, your wives didn't grow up that way. So I think when we talk about it, we actually give our, our wives a chance to be successful. We give our kids a chance to be successful. We don't when we don't tell them. Like if you're in a relationship right now and you're, you're not happy and you want to change it, like, 
Listen to what Garrett just said. Like, how do I change it? Look at you first. Yeah. Like, look at you first. Look at what you can do differently. Not, she's not doing this. He's not doing this. Those are things that will absolutely not change anything. Those are things that will make you bitter. It will not get you better. Like, it will 100% will get you better. But that's, those are powerful yeah. things, man. And not doing things with the expectation of getting something in return. Yeah, doing it for... Uh, and every guy should be able to relate to that. It's a hard practice. You gotta yeah. work. You gotta work at that. You know, it's I've it's been, not something comes naturally. I've been cleaning up the kitchen a lot lately. I've been, I've been loading doing that the dishes. dishes. <laughs> yeah, and, and listen, but and that's the that, that's the pathetic thing. By the way, the pathetic thing is I, I'm with you, and every guy knows exactly what we're talking about right now. They're tracking because mm-hmm. you know good and well. Like if you're if you're if you're fulfilling your li- wife's love tank, you got a better chance for. Oh, yeah. Something else that you want <laughs> to happen down the road, but isn't that pathetic that we think like that? It's a by school the way, board, man. That's yeah. why like, says you get a scoreboard in your head. Yes, <laughs> but but I think I think men naturally being wired for a scoreboard oh, though yeah. is something that I I don't think it happens without training yourself. No, I don't think it happens without intentional thought. Like, do you realize what your wife does on a daily basis to sacrifice for your family? Sometimes when we remind ourselves of those things, it's like. Yeah, I might need to. Yeah. I might need to take a back seat, bro. The other, the other thing Garrett talked about was that your your son was a challenging child, and God places. You know, the Apostle Paul always talked about the thorn in his flesh, flesh yeah. and so God allows things to happen in in our lives, uh, whether it's a, a a troubled child or a work situation um, or what, whatever whatever the case may be, because. Kind of like your your situation right now, Dave. I mean, you, you talked about being on, on a bicycle and being on cruise control and yep. weren't having to trust God as much, and now all of a sudden your whole life changes, and God put that in your life for a reason, maybe to draw you closer to him, maybe he had a different plan for your life. And it happens to all of us. We all, we all have difficult things in our lives, and God uses them. All things work together for the good of those who love God who have been called according to his purpose. So, so, you, uh, so you listen to that. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you start listening, and then I, you said you continued to listen and keep hearing things and continue to, like, how, how did you go from that to starting to read the Gospels, understand the Gospels, mm-hmm. and stay, taking next steps of faith? So <clears throat> that was one of the things I loved about the podcast. You guys would talk about, you know, this church, and that's that's kind of what brought me down here. I was like, this church sounds awesome. You guys talk about the youth groups and the involvement in the community. And, uh, so at this point I went back to church. We're going to a Catholic church in town and, um, we didn't mention that Garrett lives in New Jersey, New Jersey. <laughs> and Davey and I live in Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> we need to, we need to add that on the top of this. Like, you, like it wasn't like Garrett said, Hey, I'm, I'm coming down. I'm driving from Warner Robbins, yeah. you know, two hours away. Garrett flew his whole family down from New Jersey to come down to get baptized like that is that is so dope it's yeah, ridiculous like, like they're staying in a hotel at stone mountain <laughs> that is awesome like what what commitment but continue um so yeah so I'm, I'm i'm going back to church now and and thinking like what do i really know about god I, like i want to join a uh, a bible study and i was like i don't want to join one and look like you know a fool because you know and that's always like the thing is like it's intimidation and you shouldn't think that way you know and but it's human yeah it's human nature to think that way so i had a, a really good friend drew growing up um our families were super close our dads coached together and um i knew he grew up catholic and, and knew the bible like the back of his hand and i was like all right let me let me call him so i called him in the workday after i finished one of the podcasts 
And I was like, man, I don't know how to explain this, but you know, I'm listening to this podcast and, and I just feel something inside me. Like I, I want to grow closer to God and I don't know how, um, you know, I'm going back to church. I don't, I don't naturally learn well in church when I'm just sitting there and there's so many distractions. I was like, I need to do a Bible study. I said, I need to learn how to learn. And he goes, dude, he's like, let's, let's do it. So we started a prayer group, a Bible study with my brother, uh, and his brother. And we've met everyone. We met miss one day since then. It's about, about three or four months now. And, um, he goes, let's do it. He was like, if God's calling you, I'm in. And, and he's that kind of guy. And the first thing he goes, you, you need to read the gospel. Um, he's like, when you're listening, he's like, when you're driving around, he's like, put it on. He showed me the app. He showed me what version to, to download. Cause again, I, I, you know, I didn't know the King James version, the, the don't start with King James. And I, I didn't. And I, thou shall not start with King James. He, he mocked me later for that. Cause I was reading the new intro that he's like, Oh, that's, you know, dumbed down. I was like, that's what I need. I yes. need dumbed down. We're good with that, bro. So, so uh, I'm listening to it and, and it, right around like Matthew, after I finished Matthew, Mark, I, I had to, I had to watch the passion. I was like, I, I've now listened to that happen twice. And, uh, and I remember the passion being a difficult movie. Not a lot of people will watch because they're, they're like, I just can't emotionally bring myself to watch. I was like, I have to, I was like, I have to see, you know, what, what Jesus stood for after, after I was moved up by all the stories. I was like, I need to see the passion. And that was like the most gut wrenching, emotional video I've ever seen in my life. And I think a lot of sins died that day. Just, you see this man and, and just the sacrifice he had for all of us. And it's like, man, you know, now going back to the poor me, poor who, you know, like, you know, that self pity that, that we all have, like, you want to think poor me. And that like, part of me died that day. I was like, I'm not. And, and I read something the other day. It's, uh, you know, um, I think it's Romans six was actually what I read right before I went to sleep last night. And he goes, when, or, uh, Paul's like, when, when Jesus died on the cross, your sins died on the cross and you being baptized into Jesus is the rebirth because he's brought up to heaven. And that's the rebirth of your righteousness in him as he goes to heaven. And, uh, and that's what I felt through this whole thing. I said, you know, my, I felt like a part of me died when I read that gospel, that self pity component, you know, that we all have naturally in us. And, and I was just like, how do I do good now? How do I serve? So I finished out the rest of those, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I was like, you know, so moved by all the stories and so many connected. And, you know, I think you had Matthew 20 up there on the board mm -hmm. yesterday and, and your sermon hit, <laughs> I think your sermon hit right on the head with everything that I felt. But did you think you were going to wash feet? You're going to get your feet washed? <laughs> Bro. For a second. For a second. I thought he was joking, but then it kept going back and forth. I was like, oh, no, no, he's no. not joking. You had me <laughs> hook, line, and sinker. Pastor Jay's got the Birkenstocks on. I well, think that's what they're called. Off. I thought he was being serious. And he yeah. was like, listen, we're going to serve. We're gonna, uh, the elders of the church are going to wash feet. And I ain't never felt so uncomfortable in church in my <laughs> life. He said it with a straight face, did. didn't bat an eye. And I, my wife, first of all, <laughs> you couldn't pay her $3 million to let somebody touch her feet. She, and I see her next to me sink down in the chair and homegirl starts looking for the exits. Like, how am I going to get out of this? I literally thought like, and I was like, dude, I guess I got to do it. I got to let somebody wash my feet. I mean, but I don't want to let somebody <laughs> wash my feet. You had me you and yeah. everybody, dude. That I had was so many people like, I've never gotten up during one of your messages, but I was about to, to get leave. up. Like, like, I was so looking at my feet. Like, I was like, really? You know, uh, what are we going to have to do with this? Oh, you were looking at the dogs <laughs> to make <laughs> sure they were in order? <laughs> <laughs> 
so Hold many on, people were thinking, like, how can I get out of this? That was like, that was scary. <laughs> but but back to dude, this is how flipping cool. So what was your buddy's name? Drew. Okay, so you, Garrett hears this and says, you know, I gotta do I gotta do better. I need to do this. But you know what? Garrett doesn't live in Georgia. Garrett doesn't live next to Pastor Jay that he can go have lunch with. So Garrett. If, he, if you're a normal person, and, and this is something that's so important for everybody that's listening. If you're a person that's listening, or you hear a podcast, or you hear a sermon, like, if you want to take next steps, you got to have somebody to reach out to. Like, I had to have it. You had to have it. Garrett had to have it. Everybody needs somebody, which means, by the way, you can be that somebody for, for people as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, they need somebody to lean on. But, to, like, Mark Watson, I've told that story with me, my, my teacher. Like, I needed that guy to show me what the Gospels look like so I could really take in the information. So I wasn't reading the King James Version that I literally <laughs> would have read and it would have went right over my dome. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't have heard a thing about it. Like, how cool is that, man, that you see that? And Well, God had placed that person in Garrett's life. But you, but you yeah. know what, though? But, but, but here's the thing that we do. A lot of times in our lives, we don't have a clear vision. And when we don't have a clear vision, we stop moving. And this, really, this is really something that's really, really important. If you stop moving, most of the time, you're not going to get where you need to get. Like, you have to keep moving. I've only had a couple clear visions in my whole entire life. I, I bet you everybody, if we sat a bunch of people down, they would probably agree with that. Like, very rarely do you have clear, crystal clear, I know this is what I'm going to be. Like, I didn't have a clear vision of game day. I didn't have a clear vision of speaking. But when you keep moving forward... I think God makes that vision clear. But without action, I don't think you're going to get there. I think that's something that's so important. Like, Garrett took action. We have to take action in our lives. If you want to grow in an area, you've got to keep moving. You've got to keep going towards that direction. Will it be perfect? No. But if you're waiting to pull the trigger until everything's in a nice and tidy box and it's perfect, you will never pull the trigger. You won't. You'll never pull it. You'll always be sitting there and loaded and have ammo. You'll be good. But you ain't never going to fire it, you know? I bet Garrett, three months ago, didn't think he'd be sitting on, on the Family Goals podcast. <laughs> Not at all. With Davey, <laughs> Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. Well, that, that was the thing is after, I told, I jokingly, I mean, this, the fact that this turned into what it is is, is unreal. And um, I, I told my wife, like, after all this is happening, I said, I don't know you know, what, what this feeling is. I said, but I'm going down there to get baptized. I, don't, I told her that, and she thought I was joking. She's like, yeah, you know, okay. All those crazy. This things is one I of said. Garrett's things. Whatever. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Exactly. And I was like, I'm, I'm not joking. Like I'm, I'm going down there. And uh, I just, I said, I, I feel like it's a full circle. Cause it's, it's not very often, and especially in my life, where I felt like the pieces finally came together. And I was like, I owe it to, to you guys, and and the example you set, and a lot of the, the wisdom I've, I've taken from this show. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what's, what's gonna happen with it. I said, I have to go down there. And I would I would hop if you guys never answered me I was gonna hop on a plane at some point and come down here. <laughs> it, awesome. it wasn't yeah. a matter of you answering. I was giving, he wasn't sure if we were gonna respond to his email. <laughs> Thank goodness he sent it to Jolin. Because <laughs> if that came to me, I would man. But you talk about the moment yesterday though in church, like. I mean, thank goodness God told Pastor Jay, I'm like, you're going to have to, because I, I remember when we got, when I got the text message from Woj to the group feed with family goals, and I'm sitting there reading what you sent, and I'm reading it to my wife and my son, and I'm in tears, like, and yesterday my son was like, I saw the bottom lip quiver, and he was like, it was about to go <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> That's awesome. um, but so many people, man, like, it was such a, 
it was such a cool moment, man. Like yeah. it just that's cool of you to to take take a bull by the horns, man. To take you took your journey and and you, get, listen, God placed it in front of you, but then you took it and did it. Like that's that's just so dang cool, man. That you that you had the that you had the stones to do it, man. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. Well, it was cool. So as you know, as I'm developing this relationship, you know, now with with God and like really like that that light flipping on in my head. Uh, you know, we tried a new church. So I was like, all right, you know, Greystone sounds like a cool experience. I was like, I, you know, let me see if there's a church around here that's like that. And uh, that night I was praying to God. I was like, just, you know, show clear where, how you want me to grow with, with you. Like, I, my intention is to be, have a relationship with you. And, I, you know, I don't care have what Have you that prayed something like. like that before, by I the way? I'm not, I'm not usually, a, I, I usually never pray. You know, we have our prayers, like Hail Mary, Our yeah. Father, Our Apostles Creed. Like, I'd pray those and just say thank you and, and, and. Thank you for health. And, and that was pretty much it. I never prayed like the way I hear you guys pray. And I said, just make it clear. I don't, I never asked for anything. I never like, I never personally liked to ask for things in prayers. I always pray for other people because I had enough. I said, just let me know how you want me to celebrate you. Cause now I felt like I, I'm not being selfish. Now I want you to live through me and do what you want me to do. I'm done with the poor me stuff. Like do what you need to do with me and show it clear. And, and that service, the guy talked about, um, the story of Jacob and wrestling with God. And, and, and he, he mentioned it because if, if someone doesn't explain it, I'm going to read over it. And he basically goes, you know, Jacob overcame after that night of wrestling. And he goes, and he paused, he goes, overcame what? You know, he didn't overcome God. He overcame himself, like his poor, selfish, you know, his ways. He overcame his ways. And, and that was me. You know, I overcame myself. I was like, that was, you know, I was in tears that day. And I never, I'm not an emotional person really. Um, and it takes a lot. And I was basically crying in church. Like, you know, I, I, I finally like beat myself, you know, I wrestled myself. I overcame myself and I'm done with it. Like I said, I have version me's dead and I don't want him to come back. You it's know, like, yours, God. Yeah. Take it. <laughs> That's it. Take it. I, I get it. Yeah. I got it. I'm, yeah. I'm going to listen. And that rebirthing feeling was what led me. I was like, I have to, I feel like this is something new inside me. And, and I finally understood who Jesus was. And I mean, that's just an unbelievable um, moment yeah. to have. And oh, so awesome. Garrett and his wife, they found this church, this literally two minutes from their house, and they never even noticed it before. <laughs> never. Yeah. <laughs> Newbridge, like, yeah. But, they, they, you know, so he reached out to a buddy, started getting a small group, discipleship, Bible study, found a church, started growing spiritually, connecting. Yeah. And, Families uh, in church. Family, yeah. The kids love it. They the love it. We asked them, like, where do you want to go next church. week? We've done two churches, and they, you know, said the other one. I was like, well, we'll go wherever, you know. It just feels like we were being pushed that way. And uh, every every single week, it was like another lesson. It was like God was speaking to me. Every time I opened the Bible, every time I went, it was like he's talking to me. Because then the next week he talked about, you know, I'm in construction and I love building. And, and it was like Psalm, you know, 127. And you can correct me on, on the phrasing of it. But it was like if, uh, if it's not God's building the house, the the builders will label it in vain. Mm -hmm. Like if we're just building stuff of our own nature. And that's what I realized at that point. I've my whole life had tried to make sense of my world and I've tried to build things that make sense to me. And it was in vain. I was wasting time. And I met a lot of cool people and, and great experience along the way, but I was trying to build something myself, not in God's light. And, and I was laboring in vain, you know, and, and, uh, and part of that, I mentioned in my upbringing, I was a very, I had a great family. I have nothing to say about my child, but I struggled immensely with like depression growing up. And it was this, feeling of not finding joy in anything. And I, I had nothing to not want that feeling. I, I had such a great life. 
And I couldn't understand. I would say to God all the time, I said, why, why do I feel this way? Why can't I feel joy? And it was never lasting. It might be, you know, we go out and do something, I'd feel joy, but it was a, it was a very empty feeling. And I chased to fulfill that feeling my whole life. And I struggled with depression my whole life. And no, nobody knows that, but my wife, my brother made me, you know, drew my, in this Bible study now, like nobody, I held it well. And the and thousands I'm, of people listening. And yeah. now, <laughs> and that's, that's what, like, I'm a private person and I felt like me holding this in. I struggled a lot and it took me to some dark places and, yep. and it was like, I don't want to be here anymore. I used to say that to myself and I'm like, I don't want to be here anymore. And, um, it was that lack of fulfillment. So I, through my life, I've had, you know, my career, I was a stockbroker out of college then a police officer, then a teacher, and now a construction project manager. So I've, and it was Dang, constantly that shift. a little bit of everything. Yeah, so I, I, I've been doing those things because I've been wanting to find fulfillment. So I've gone mm. down the salary ladder. It's never about money. But, um, you know, Jason Romano kind of pointed out, it's like, bloom where you are. Just enjoy where you are. And I was so much worried about the future and, and, the, and again, the self-pity. I never lived in the moment. And that was why I never felt joy. I always was anxious. I always thought about the future and selfishly. And now it was like, that part of me made me say, like, look at your kids, look at your family, look what you have around you. And this whole revelation was that piece. Like, you talked about that path yesterday. I was stuck between those two paths. I knew there was two paths, and I couldn't understand. Like, I didn't feel like I fit in with society and the way that, you know, consumerism and Instagram pushes you to go. And they want you to buy, and they want you to achieve just for, for the sake of selling you stuff. Not, not because they want the good for you, for you to achieve in your own career. Um, and I was also stuck on that, like, I want something fulfilling in my life, but I didn't know what it was. And then you said, well, if everybody knew what that was that, that, you know, how did you phrase that? You're like that singular path. You're like, if everybody knew what it was, the narrow path. And how did you say, what was the answer to that path? It was serving through Jesus. That's right. And that was what I found. Yeah. The path, the path of the godly is a life of servanthood. So I was stuck between these two paths because I didn't know that was the answer to that path. By the way, this dude's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. It's, it's like, we've had some guests on that couldn't compete with Garrett over here. Like, yeah. this is, this is. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm sorry for those guests. I, hey, th- th- I'm not going to name any names. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, uh, we, you, you need to uh, reach out to Jason Romano because he mentioned how what he, he, said, what he ma- said impacted him. A and lot. You never, but, you never know what you say, how it's going to impact people. And, and I love Garrett's story. Garrett's story is the gospel. It's this, this life change because you said you're trying to find this fulfillment and all these things. You're a stockbroker. You're a police officer. You're a school teacher. You're a coach. Like, like you're, you're a construction, you know, uh, manager. So you're looking at all these things, but still something's missing. Yeah. And Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God has placed eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So they're always trying to fill that void, mm-hmm. and we always come up empty until we find that relationship with Jesus. And then yeah. when Jesus fills that void, we have eternal life, the highest quality of life. And I keep quoting Prince, but a lot of people aren't getting it. That's a mighty <laughs> <laughs> long time, and I'm going to tell you something else, the afterworld. Yeah. But it's the God. So now you're fulfilled, yeah. and now you have that peace. And it's the presence First of God that gives you the peace. Yeah. And, and now you're fulfilled. You know what else this and, teaches uh, you, by the way? We are firm believers that social media is evil. It can be used for good. I deleted. Oh yeah, good. I deleted yeah. it because. But I mean, it gave me you guys. <laughs> but hundred percent, like, like we, we. Yeah. I mean, and this is what you know led to to family goals. This is what led to to why we did it, yeah. man. Was because, like, I re- I remember talking to the to the eighth grade boys or the not eighth grade boys. They were my small group, but like the the middle school kids, and I was like, is social media real or counterfeit? And they all said counterfeit. One hundred and forty something kids, and I was like. But you're all on it still. Yeah. And I was like, 
I can tell usually by your post. I can tell by your last five posts what you're about, whether you're about you, whatever. Like, we can use it for good. Like, we can, we can use it to change a life. Like, that's how dang cool this whole thing is. Like, you, this started from a post that, first of all, I mean, God ordained it. Like, yeah. obviously, for, at the right moment. And then you taking your steps and then bringing Drew into it. Yeah. Like, it's freaking cool, man. Like, it's fun to, it's fun to trace it, man. So this it's, is just cool. It's super cool. I was, I was telling, so I was telling a guy at church yesterday that hey, this guy Garrett, he lives in New Jersey. He's thirty four years old. Started listening to the podcast, committed his life to Jesus Christ, saved his marriage. He's flying, he's flying down to Georgia to get baptized at our church. I mean, it's like super cool story. And and my my friend's thought was, is is something missing? Like, is he got, like, is, like is he like elevator go all the way to the top? Yeah, like is, like is, is he like is he like legit? And I'm like, no, he's legit. Like he's he's a he's a cool guy. Like I would hang out with this guy. Like, he's a, well, I don't know. I mean, don't normal, go too far. He's a normal person. I mean, that's, that you might know? be a little but, bit of a stretch. But. but the other crazy thing Garrett was telling us at lunch yesterday, he's never even seen a baptism before. He's no, never. Oh like, wow! Like, it's new to my world. Yeah, that was the first. Like him getting. Well, Catholic like, baptism is infancy. You know, well, I've never course. seen like the acceptance of like you choosing to accept Jesus. I've never seen. Well, that. Never, never thank goodness somebody it. went first yesterday, yeah. huh? <laughs> He'd have been like, "What the heck are you doing, bro?" Yeah. <laughs> Go under that water right now. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, he's never even seen someone baptized, and he's coming down to get baptized. So cool. Proud of you, man. <laughs> and, and listen, God's gonna use this infinitely like he's yeah you, you, the way you're communicating right now like the way you're when you're just learning this stuff man just yeah. keep pursuing it keep getting with drew keep yeah. learning keep growing and Plug, remember plugged in church and remember your story is your story yeah. and nobody can take that away and your story is powerful man like you're gonna have Thank an you. awesome opportunity to reach a bunch of different people and but more importantly to change your family's lives. Absolutely. And it sounds like you've, your your wife and your, your marriage is way better. Oh, awesome. Your kids, everything is, yeah. is going in the right direction. So that's cool, man. Thank you. Yeah. I, I could see Wojak discipling him long distance. Dude, you've been awesome, man. Him at lunch with my kids. I'll, you, hey, I'll take you home, man. Can you, you bite was, long distance? Uh, can you? <laughs> I knew that was coming. All right, so, so Gary, um, what would you say to people that are listening to those wives to those husbands that were in your shoes? Like what, like speak to them for a quick second. Um, yeah, I think, I think you, you need to do a big self-reflection, um, realizing where I was at and, and, you know, a lot of times we, we again, look to, to point to something, something else. It doesn't have to be somebody, but we want to just blame something, something not going our way on, on an outside, force and a lot of times is you need to grow and that sense of fulfillment i told pastor jay this yesterday the thing that excites me about this and why i've been like on fire for this is is now i found something where there's no pinnacle you know like football has a pinnacle sports have a pinnacle career there's pinnacles like there's always a a moment of achievement and that idea like to me i was never gonna I guarantee you get to the mountain, you go, what's next? I guarantee if I actually, you know, went to the NFL and won a Super Bowl, I would have felt empty inside. I know I would have. Now I know I would have. So the idea is if you're thinking something's going to fulfill that and my buddy put this, but you guys talked about this is when you said God first and the commandment, there shall be no other gods. I always thought of it like these sacrificial gods, like that other religions believe in, but I didn't realize that. People have money as their God. Yep. People have, you know, women as their God. 
I didn't think of it that way. And the idea was, you know, you need to, you're not going to find fulfillment through other gods. Money's not going to give it to you because you're going to be at your deathbed and you're going to say, well, yeah, what'd that money really give me? And it's going to be same thing. Like fame, you know, Steve Weatherford said it. He was at, he was at the pinnacle. He won the Super Bowl and he, and he, and he felt empty and dead inside. And that's how I feel like I would have felt no matter what. And I finally made the realization that you're not going to find fulfillment in materialistic things. And it's, it's serving people, what you said yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be that light in somebody else's life. And the big thing that I, I always knew that, but I didn't know, right, like the way Jesus did it unconditionally. And that was the biggest thing is you have to truly practice unconditional love for people. And, and it's good to try for a, a month. And eventually most of us were like, we, we start to itch when's something going to come scratch my back now. And if you think that you're going to fall in the trap that I fell in where things will be good for a month. And that's how it would be. I would go my, my, you know, cycles of depression. I'd be good for a month. And then, you know, things just aren't coming back my way. And I start to get antsy and anxious and do more and more and more until you get burnt out and then you fall back in that trap. So you have to practice unconditional and believe it. And Jesus was that answer. He and he I used to never, you know, I used to see people, you know, like the Jesus freaks. Like that was always the thing. It's like you kind of look at them like, you know, they're a little crazy. And then now Mm -hmm. I'm like. But they're they're freaking happy, man. Like, they're <laughs> happy people. Yeah. And but most people say Jesus freak because they don't know Jesus. Like they just think that. But when I read that, I became that. I'm like, I feel happy now. Give me some more of that. I well, didn't. Yeah. Welcome, I was like, welcome to the club. <laughs> you so know. You know. One thing. One, one thing. Freaks. One thing about that though that's important for everybody out there, because because that's a that's a very bold statement and it makes total sense to everybody. And I think everybody would agree with that. Like I got to be intentional. But if you think you're going to go and be intentional and your life's going to change and you're going to master, if you think you're going to master it in a week, you're wrong. No. Like you're going to fail. Like if you're trying to change your language, if you're trying to change your, your, the way you treat your wife, like you're going to fail. When you fail, what's your response look like? Like that's going to be the biggest indicator of when you're going to be successful. Not if, by the way, it's when you're going to fail. Like we're going to treat our wife incorrectly. Like we're going to put ourselves first. Don't get frustrated. Don't say, I can't do it. Don't say, I'm done. Like, I think we all get that naturally. We get a new outlook and we need a new perspective and we're going, going, going. And we're like, I want that. I want that. And then we fail and we're like, just kind of like on your diet, you fail and you're like, ah, crap. Give me all the goodies. Give me Pastor Jay's chocolate blueberries. You know, like, give it to me. It doesn't matter. I've already, I've, you know what I'm saying? But you go, I've already failed. I've already messed up my diet. So I'm just going to go all in. That's what, that's what, that's what we do. You can't do that. If you really want to make a change in your life, when you fail, if you really want to grow closer to God, give it to him. If you really want to change something, give it to him and say, I'm going to do better. Like I need your help, but I'm going to do better. Help me focus on that more and more. You will change your life. Your, your life will change consistently. But if you think it's going to be, you prayed it and we're going to go do it. And it's going to be all, you know, roses and it's going to be nothing but a straight climb up a mountain. It ain't going to be. It's going to be hard. And uh, Ephesians, is that how you say it? Ephesians. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the first Bible studies was Ephesians 6 and talked about the armor of God. Uh And so that's why, like, I I look at it because, you know, I, I have depression. It's not something you beat or overcome. You deal with it and you manage it. And. You know, the armor of God is how I manage it. And I told you the other day, you know, instead of filling your head, you could fill your head with so much garbage and it could truly affect your, your energy. And, uh, I started listening to Christian music just 
nonstop in the background or I'm listening to a podcast. I took, I took a lot of the crap out and the stuff that was just noise or was just filler and filled it with good. And, and that was, it's the armor of God, right? Reading the Bible on a daily basis and listening to praise music. And that, that came from Weatherford saying, he goes, because he had that downfall as well. He goes, I just, you know, praise music's on all the time. And the, my daughter was singing it on the car on the way here. Mm. And it was just like, they're going to pick that up. And oh, yeah. You can't force religion down your kids' throats. But if, they're, if they see it, because kids, and that's what I realized through my marriage. Um, my wife knows phony. She knows when I'm doing things conditionally. Your kids know they're, when you're phony. Your kids know that. But if you live that life and you're that light and, and they see that and you're armoring yourself every chance you can with the word of God, it's been the change. And it's no longer phony. It's you working on yourself. It's, gen- it's genuine working on yourself. And that's like I've, I've never been in such a good place. And that's why I say like I had to do this because I don't think it's hard to explain to people because I've had such a good upbringing and I've been a very closed emotional person. I'm a very um, agreeable person. I love confrontation. I keep my emotions bottled up, but I was in dark places in my head and I took myself and I took myself there. It didn't have to be because of something that happened to me. I took myself there and it was now this is the answer and, and finally finding an answer to that and finding joy and happiness and knowing that I have the map to now continue that is, is unreal. And it's going to help carry the rest of my life through bad times because it's going to be some bad times ahead and undoubtedly. But now you have the armor. <laughs> you giving a mic drop over there. I mean, Garrett's been a Christian now for just a few months. Yeah. He doesn't even know how to say Ephesians. <laughs> <laughs> he, the, I'm a baby Christian. The first <laughs> baptism he saw was like his own. That's but incredible. Yet, but, but, you can but he can quote scripture to you. God's in his life, and oh, his, yeah. his life is changing. And I hope that's an encouragement to to every everybody who who listens. That that and what we talked about is like in like in football, you can reach the pinnacle, or in a career, or or become a millionaire, or whatever. But none of us have arrived spiritually. Like we're all on this, you know, we're all growing, we're all in process, we're all going to fall short, we're all going to make mistakes. God's grace is sufficient. When you do make the mistake, God's grace is sufficient for you, yeah. and you. And you, and you move on, um, but you know God's going to finish the work that he began in you. And he's, he started this work. He's going to finish this, this work, and he, we, he's still working on us. Thanks, I mean, we're, still, we're still growing. Yeah. But, and, but uh, Garrett's message might help people get started, and it yeah. might help show people that, like, listen, doesn't matter how old you are, where you are in life, if you want to make a change, if he just showed you the blueprint how to do it. Yeah. Commit your life to Jesus Christ, find a Christ-centered church, get in the Word of God, join a small group. Thank you for listening to this week's Family Goals podcast with David Pollock and Pastor Jay. Guys, this story is why we do what we do. Never in a million years did we think God could use this podcast to help change lives the way that it has. God can do anything you know, more than you can ever hope, dream, or imagine. It's never too late for someone to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And it is never too late to fix the hierarchy of your family or to learn more about God and get plugged in at your local church. Garrett realized that God wasn't the center of his family and he had to rework who comes first in his family. It's God, your spouse, and then your kids. We are so encouraged by Garrett's story and the way that God works in mysterious ways. If you found this episode helpful, encouraging, or entertaining, please let us know by subscribing to the podcast or by writing a review. 
You can also reach us on Instagram and Twitter at Family Goals Pod. Thank you again for listening to the Family Goals Podcast, and we'll catch you next week.